Welcome to the Radio Bible Course and our study of Hebrews chapter 7. The author in this chapter has been making a remarkable comparison between Jesus Christ, a new kind of a high priest, with the Old Testament priests. He shows him to be superior in every possible way. He said that priesthood of the Old Testament had been changed, and it had been changed by God to an eternal priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. And he compares Jesus Christ with Melchizedek. And he quotes from the Old Testament and said that God has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. And then he concluded this. This makes Jesus the guarantee of a better covenant. We need to think about this fact that Christians have a better covenant. Now, if we have a better one, why should we be concerned with the inferior one, which is the whole Old Testament law? The author also pointed out that Abraham paid tithes to a superior priest. His name was Melchizedek. That comes at the beginning of chapter 7. And since Christ is after the order of Melchizedek, he is far superior to the high priest under the Aaronic priesthood, who received a lesser honor. Now then, after a comparison like this, which priest do you think the Hebrew Christians would desire? Which Hebrew would choose the dying priesthood over the eternal priesthood? Well, the author can now say to them, you don't need those priests of the Old Testament any longer. You don't need those priests who serve in the temple in Jerusalem when you have a new kind of high priest, superior in every respect, and he is in the very presence of God for you. Furthermore, Christ is an interceding priest, and this implies no need for more sacrifices for sin. You don't need to go back to Judaism, and that was the problem with these Hebrew Christians. All of its priests, laws, and rituals had been rendered obsolete by God's new priest, Jesus Christ. Now this is something in which we today should rejoice. And we need this epistle to the Hebrews because we tend to forget what a superior priest we have. And we think about the superiority of the law and its practices and Christians today are obsessed with this fact that they ought to be living by the Old Testament law. Well, a good reading and a study of the book of Hebrews ought to cure that. Think of it. I can draw near to God through Jesus Christ, but I cannot draw near to God through the law. Now, in the concluding paragraph of chapter 7, the author writes this. For it was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, blameless, unstained, separate from sinners, exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people. He did this once for all when he offered himself. Indeed, the law points men in their weakness as high priests. 
But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. And we as Christians today are following the one who was appointed later than the law, appointed by an oath of the very God in heaven. God the Father appointed him, and he swore that he'd be a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, and he has been made perfect or complete forever. Now from here, we move on to chapter 8, and I'm going to read the first six verses. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the sanctuary and the true tent, which is set up not by man, but by the Lord. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Hence, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly sanctuary. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. But, as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry which is as much more excellent than the old, as the covenant which he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. Now, our exposition of the book of Hebrews is continuing here with chapter 8, where the priesthood of Jesus Christ is further discussed by the author, and he makes a comparison of the tabernacle on the earth with the genuine tabernacle or sanctuary in heaven. Now, in verse 1, he is not suggesting a summary, as some might infer if they're reading from the King James Version, because there it says, now the sum of what we are saying is this. Sum in classical Greek may mean the chief point, and that's how the new translations read. The context here supports that as the intended meaning, because the author here isn't giving a summary. Instead, he's introducing new information. So the verse ought to read, Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Notice he emphasizes the location of Christ's present ministry as a high priest. It's heaven at the right hand of God's throne. What does he mean by right hand? We don't have to think of that in a physical sense because the expression, the right hand, is the place of honor, and we use it that way today when we talk about someone being the governor's right hand or the president's right hand. It means the man who is closest to him, the one who is trusted the most, and oftentimes the person who executes what the chief person wants done. 
And so Christ on the right hand of the throne of God is carrying out for God all that he wishes, all that he desires. He's carrying out his perfect will. Well, in any case, he's in the place of honor. And any priest serving there is obviously better than those serving on earth. And if a priest is to help bring us to God, there can be little argument over whether earthly priests or the priest next to God is superior or more effective in helping us. The people to whom the author of this epistle is writing are Hebrews who are trying to maintain their earthly priest connection. Well, Christians, and that's what the author is emphasizing here, believers in Christ have a heaven connection, and that's all important, and it's far superior, of course. In verse 2, the author wants to show us that Christ, the better priest, is also in a better sanctuary. It has been erected by the Lord, not man. And he calls it the true tent. That's what the tabernacle in the wilderness was. It was a tent. And by true, he means genuine. Not that the tabernacle was false in any respect. It was only a copy of the genuine. Therefore, it wasn't the true one or the real one, as he points out in verse 5. Now, let me read verse 2 again a minister in the sanctuary and the true tent which is set up not by man but by the Lord. And notice verse 5, they serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly sanctuary. Now let's move on to verses 3 and 4. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Well, that's true. We see that throughout the Old Testament. Hence, it is necessary, he reasons, for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he, that is Christ, if Christ were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. I've often read this verse and wondered if I were a priest today in some of the Catholic or Protestant churches I would be very uncomfortable reading this passage because it's telling me that if Christ were here, he wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And what's the reason for him not being a priest if he were here? There are priests who offer gifts, gifts according to the law. Now, it's interesting that we have priests in some of our churches, but they don't offer gifts according to the law. Well, what's the basis then of their priesthood? There is no basis for it, of course. The Bible doesn't talk about New Testament priests. Christ is the only priest. He's the only one authorized. God has sworn he made him a priest. But God never swore and made anybody else a priest after the order of Melchizedek. The only priesthood in the Bible is the Aaronic priesthood, and that's spelled out in the Law of Moses. And if you're not going to live by the law and be a priest according to it, then you have no right to be a priest. Now notice in verses 3 and 4 how skillfully the author tells us that priests perform according to the law, but if Christ were on earth, he would not function as a priest. Why not? 
Well, first of all, he was not qualified. He came from the wrong tribe. One had to be from the tribe of Levi to be a priest. And secondly, he argues that there are priests who are doing that. They're in the temple in Jerusalem. And thirdly, the law has been annulled. That's why Christ would not serve as a priest on earth, because the law was no longer in effect when the writer to the Hebrews was writing this epistle. Christ had died. He had been buried and resurrected. He had ascended into heaven. And where is he at that point? He is in heaven making intercession at the right hand of the Father. He is a priest in heaven. So if he came back to the earth, he would no longer be serving as a priest. The law that dictated who could be a priest and what a priest should do had been annulled. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 18 through 20 are related to this matter. Listen to what he wrote there. On the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, a better hope is introduced. All of these teachings on Hebrews have been recorded on cassette tape and are available for your purchase. Twenty-two tapes in all. Information on how to order tapes on Hebrews and many other courses as well, is given in our Teaching Tapes brochure. It's free. Ask for Teaching Tapes. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.